I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard Entertainment and its many games. I'm Matt. I'm your host. With me this week is Joe, your co-host. We're going to talk about stuff, uh, including some stuff we talked about on Lore Watch this week, because I wanted to continue that discussion. Yeah, it's a good discussion. Um, but first up, how do you feel about that lucky ox mount, Joe? I honestly have been so out of the loop that I haven't seen it yet. Um, I, is it? An, I think it's another one of those uh, six-month subs, right? I don't know. I just know it's an awesome golden ox. I want I got, it. Yeah, I got an email. It was like, golden ox, not quite as cute as the mouse, the rat, whatever. Sweekers is my, still my favorite, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, I think I need to adjust my subscription because I prepaid for a year, but because I was month to month, I don't get it. But yeah, I got to I gotta figure all yeah. that out because I want it. It's I like I like the idea of having, you know, basically riding around on a bull. Yeah, very cute. And for those of you at home, yeah, I get I get home from my nine to five job roughly about twenty minutes before we record. So if it is on the launcher, I legitimately have not seen it yet. <laughs> time. What is time? <laughs> Maybe hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. What is time? Anyway, uh, yeah. So we got that. We've got um, Blizz, BlizzCon line coming this this month. Uh, a lot of stuff. So yeah. At this point, I guess we're just going to talk about it. So, yeah, uh, BlizzCon Online. What do you? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are you going? What are we looking forward to? What do you most want to hear about? Uh, I honestly want to know if they're going to announce one of their unannounced projects. This is probably the greatest mystery for me. Um, like the entire time is that they've been hiring for at least one unannounced project, possibly more, and we've heard nothing and it's one of those things where i really want to know what the heck they're working on in the background because we've talked about this before uh heroes of the storm i love the game but it's sort of in a maintenance mode hearthstone is producing steadily but isn't nearly as fast or as aggressive as it used to be i don't feel i could be wrong but it, it feels like marketing and such has 
uh, slow down ever so much on it. Um, Diablo is is Diablo three is in much the same vein. Uh, Starcraft, well, Starcraft is Starcraft. I really, really want to know what else they're working on. It's it's just bugging me, <laughs> and I have no idea what it could be. Is it another RTS? Is it a another remake? Like we 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 talked about maybe the possibility with everything that they're doing and the acquisition uh, of you know another or I shouldn't say acquisition, the realignment of an Activision asset to Blizzard. Maybe it means that they're working on more remasters. Uh, I don't know if those are the unannounced projects, but I'm curious. Could we see something new and different from Blizzard for the first time in since Overwatch was was announced? What about you? And if you're talking, you are. Yeah, I am talking. Sorry, but wrong button. <laughs> Buttons are close together, and my eyes don't. Um, I mean, obviously, I want there's some that you know. I want to know about Diablo Four. I want to hear about Diablo Immortal. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to know if they actually are like, there's been so many clues that they're working on a possible streaming show for Netflix or for someplace else. I'd like to know if, if they they can make any kind of announcement on that. I know they probably can't, but if they can, I would like them to. Well, yeah, we sort uh, of lost the uh, lost all headway and news on the Diablo one, right? It's just been kind of, I haven't heard nothing since last year at this yeah. point. Obviously 2020 was the kind of year that a lot of stuff got upended. A lot of plans got, got sabotaged. Not just for Blizzard. Lots of companies had this problem. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to, 2021's BlizzCon Online to, to be... Well, one thing I'd like them to do is I'd like them to announce that they're not going to do a BlizzCon this year. Yeah, because I think uh, a lot I of people that... are waiting for that, right? Like, I've heard that yeah. from a lot of folks are waiting for the first announcement of virtual BlizzCon is BlizzCon in November! But, yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd like them to... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I just, just straight up don't do that this year. If you look at the, the toll in, in California, it is rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if the state of California isn't going to lead on this issue, then, then unfortunately companies like Blizzard are going to have to. And I think Blizzard should should just come out with it right now. We're not doing one. Don't Don't make any plans. Don't start looking for your time off. Don't book a hotel. Because that's the thing. If you're going to do a show like that in November, it's hard to, to do it. If it's hard for people to go to it if they don't know when it is and and have it, you know, they they need to already be making announcements for it would be the thing. I mean, it, people need to you need some time to get, you know, I need to take a week off in the middle of November. Why? Uh, I need to go to a convention. You know, th- that's the kind of thing where you need to like warn people in advance. You need to buy tickets. You need to buy a hotel room, you know, for the time period. Uh, you can't all be me. And literally stumble into your first BlizzCon because, you know, like the, the week before, someone's like, no, nah, I'll get you in. Uh, you know, it's, and then you find yourself, what, I'm in California now. How did that happen? Most people have, you know, conventional day jobs that, that require them to make significant time commitments here. So I feel like this is, that's, that's my number one. I want to, them to say whether or not they're going to do it. I personally want the answer to be no. And, and don't give me... Sorry, I was gonna say, and don't get me wrong, I miss in-person conventions. Like it's it's missing out on like Adepticon and missing out on BlizzCon are big things for me, and not yeah, being able to do those. But I'd rather yeah. be safe. Yeah, my thing is quite simple. I don't want any of you to die. Exactly. Uh, and I know that you know, oh, I won't die. I'll just get really sick for the rest of my life. Is not really a seller for me. Uh, and I just, if they're going to do it, they need to make the announcement now so people know. Yeah. And if and in my opinion is they shouldn't do it. I it would simply it would be nice if we're all vaccinated and safe by November. It would be great. 
but I don't feel like this is a plan you can have. You cannot just plan for everything to be fine. Yeah, um, and and again, there are so many advantages to doing this online, uh, and I think we're about to see that. And this is something that I know a lot of people in, in uh, the various disabled communities have been asking for is a more robust online experience. Because don't get me wrong, BlizzCon, the virtual tickets have been really, really nice over the years since they started doing them. And I remember way back when they first announced it, but it was a panel here, a panel there. It's gotten so much bigger. And now because uh, sort of like necessity being the mother of invention, uh, so to speak, they have to make it more robust to fill that gap because you don't have the interpersonal stuff that fills so much of uh, a convention experience, right? Uh, meeting people, doing things in person with people that not necessarily happen at the convention, whether it's going out to dinner or, or sharing beverages or whatever the case is. So you have to make it more robust. And that fits into something that I, I know a lot of disabled folks have been asking for because they can't necessarily go to conventions. Uh, traveling is difficult for people, even without uh, the big, bad, nasty virus that's, that's ravaging our country, countries, uh, ravaging the world. Um, so I think it's really, really good. And I'm hoping that this serves as an example of what an online convention can be. Uh, and part of it is I'm, I'm a little... I don't want to say, I don't even know what the word is. I belong to a lot of, of various geek communities and I'm watching a lot of the conventions and in-person experiences trying to shift their focus to this online presence and doing varying degrees of good jobs with it, whether it's, you know, they figured out how to stream, yay, uh, or they figured out how to get some of that stuff together. Like for Adepticon is a really good example, uh, painting classes are one of those things that I love going to because it's it's something I love learning new uh, techniques. I love pushing my boundaries and my knowledge on that on, on my hobby. It's hard to do uh, some of that stuff because finding somebody to teach you or show you one-on-one -on -one is a little bit harder to do with like YouTube videos, right? But now they're starting to do virtual classrooms for this stuff where it's that same sort of experience where, you know, you, uh, the, the person's giving the, the presentation can sing, be singled out and whatever. And it's interesting to see sort of that evolution to embrace that, which is really, really good. Um, and I want to see what Blizzard does with this. I'm excited to see all of what they do with it because they have a really, uh, they have a large fan base and being able to serve more of those fans and, and, and if they do it in such a way that they can keep doing it into the future, even when in-person's there again, I think they could lead the way with showing how an actual online convention. Yeah, just to give you an idea, the only BlizzCon I've been to was the 2019 one, which in retrospect, probably a good one to have gone to see. Um, but there's less less than 1% of Blizzard's fan base was there. Less, yeah. Way less than that. And they completely filled the Anaheim Convention Center. Was it? It wasn't as big as SDCC. I'm not saying it was. SDCC, the San Diego Comic-Con, is absolutely massive. But the SDCC is like, you know, it's not like 30 companies make presentations. I mean, it's, it's a lot of hype. For one company to be able to put up on a convention that goes for two days and has that kind of attendance is pretty amazing. Uh, it's it's a it is pretty substantial when you go to see it. It is one of those things. I remember the lineup. The lineup to just play Diablo Four was unreal. The amount of like they had to plan it out so that the line was like snaking around and around and around just so you could fit all the people in there to get to get up to a computer to to play it. 
for a limited amount of time, like the 10 minutes yeah. or whatever it was. Honestly, one of the things that I don't I don't think they're doing this year, and I think it's unfortunate, but one of the things that I think that was really good and they did it in 2018 for WoW Classic was the limited beta that you could download when you, you were home. You know, I was going to bring this up. So PAX was actually doing this, and uh, PAX is probably one of the other largest gaming conventions, uh, depending on what flavor you want to go to in North America. And they were doing a virtual PAX this year where there was all the game companies, they were arranging for demos and downloads and streaming of different games so that uh, people can actually you know, experience it like they would if they were actually going to the convention, because I remember going to those conventions and that was one of the coolest things was, you know, yes, standing in line, beginning to see this game that isn't released yet. That's how I found Bastion from Supergiant Games before it was released. And, you know, Logan Cunningham, if you uh, happen to listen to the show, which you probably don't, but if you do still love you, man, um, it's one of those unique things, but now we have things like uh, NVIDIA shadow play. Uh, we have shadow play us, uh, we have uh, even Stadia, whether you love it or hate it. There's a ton of like streaming services that could be leveraged into something like this to provide those demos or to provide those experiences, even if it's uh, in short bursts, like wait in a virtual queue for a half hour stream of Diablo Immortal uh, where you get to play or Diablo 4 where you get to play or whatever. That'd be ridiculously awesome. And who knows? They might announce something like that. They just updated the uh, Battle.net launcher. Uh, and I know they've been hard at work on the infrastructure and the background for it. There might be a reason for that. Uh, that could be one of the unannounced projects. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, there's, I'm sorry. I'm way excited about this, this topic in general. Uh, it super interests me, like what you can do with this stuff. Sorry. <laughs> no, let me sorry about it. At this point though, we are going to move on because we actually had something we talked about on lore watch this week that we wanted to talk about before we moved on to your questions and stuff. We were talking about uh, class customization and class options for world of Warcraft, because that's one of the things that's been one of my, I don't know what you'd call it, like obsessions or like pet ideas for a long time now mm -hmm. is one of the things that we've gotten to the point where we've got enough classes, I think. We've got more than enough classes in World of Warcraft. It doesn't mean we'll never get another one, but I I feel like we're up to like how many? 13? 12? I, 12 I don't classes. even remember. You know, it's only I thirty it's thirty six specs, but once one class has three specs. I mean one class has two specs and one class has four specs. So yeah, thirty six specs. So yeah, twelve classes. And at the same time, it feels weird that I'm playing a warrior on my night elf and you're playing a nut warrior on your orc and he's playing a warrior on his gnome and there's no real differentiation between them. Even though each of those people would have their own traditions and so forth about how to be a warrior. Mm -hmm. um, and to a certain degree, you don't want to limit people. You don't want to say, well, orcs would only use axes uh, and you know, elves would only use glaives. Because whilst that might make sense from a, you know, the way the they've been presented in the past sort of perspective, it would also mean that your character would get shafted uh, when you were doing a raid and the, the super cool sword dropped. And you're like, oh, unfortunately, you play an orc, you can't use it. Mm -hmm. Thrall says or swords are dumb, so you can't use it. But um, I can use this crossbow as a melee weapon. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. But that, that to me is something that... I'd like to see more of, I'd like to see stuff like Spellbreakers and, you know, Torrent Chieftains and um, Mountain Kings brought into the game. I'd like to see, and, and in a way that it doesn't require you to be us, you know, 
one possibility would be that your you know your mountain king could be any one of a number of classes that fits the archetype and you just would you change the flavor mm-hmm. of certain abilities to fit that without changing the actual ability um for instance the paladin ability to throw a shield and you know hit targets with a glowing shield could be changed if you're a spellbreaker now you're throwing your glaive um if you're playing a you know playing a like you know a dwarf warrior instead of a shield it could be a crackling hammer mm-hmm. um and there's you could have a mountain king who's either a dwarf paladin or a dwarf warrior and they're you know they still have different abilities but the abilities are changed to be thematic to the mountain king um and I, I've been thinking about it a long time. I, I I think it's 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 hardly me who's been thinking about it. There's lots of people who've suggested these kind of things. But imagine, for instance, the gnome hunter doesn't have to just be a gnome hunter. We we kind of have that where like gnomes can tame mechanical you know mechanical pets, and other hunters can get a book to do it. But it's it's very much a gnome thing. Or and now we've got it with undead being able to tame undead pets. If you're forsaken, you can now tame an undead pet, and other people can get a book and do it because they don't want to leave anybody out. But I think there's there's room for this kind of thing in WoW, and I think it would be a good way to move forward. Like it'd be the next allied races. I don't know if we're going to see any more allied races anytime soon. I uh, I don't feel like we're going. It doesn't feel like they're working on any for Shadowlands, which I I get, but at the same time, I think it's kind of unfortunate. But I think by working on that kind of customization for classes. It's a thing that you can do that doesn't take away anything from anybody or force anybody to play something new. You could play your character and just get like, okay, now I'm playing this night elf warrior. Now I can play it as a sentinel. Um, and I can actually have them be like, you know, like a, like a sentinel soldier. And that's cool to me. That, I, that would be a neat idea. So we, now we, Joe will talk. I was gonna say, we talked about this a little bit on lore watch. So, I mean, please go listen to it. Um, if you haven't already, but one of the things I also brought up and Matt's brought up many, many times is there's sort of this archaic hangover for our classes. And over the years, since the game was originally released, the concept and scope of each of the classes and the specs has changed, morphed and evolved. The quote unquote class fantasy has changed and shifted quite a bit. And it's not quite the same as it, it once was, right? Like, a shaman in, in vanilla WoW is not the same as a shaman now. They feel completely wildly different. They were designed around completely different ideas. Um, and if anybody disagrees with that, there's a reason they have a class balance uh, team, right? It's because when you introduce new systems, sometimes you have to change the class. And most classes have undergone some big change at some point or another that that removes it. Um, we talk a lot about like the name of the... Uh, the traditional specs like enhancement really isn't enhancement anymore. It you're not really buffing things like you used to. Yeah, you, there's some of it now, but back in vanilla, you were a buff monster. That's what you did. You made everything better. Enhancement made sense as a name. Uh, Fury warriors. That name doesn't really stick anymore. At least not in the way that I think it was originally intended. They sort yeah, of shifted. I'd argue, I'd argue that Fury or was arms. A lot better. Or protection. Protection is the real one that doesn't work. Yeah. Partially because anytime, anytime classes share a name for a spec, it bothers me. So I don't like that there's holy paladins and holy priests. I don't like that there's resto shamans and resto druids. I don't like that there's frost DKs and frost mages. I feel like that's the kind of thing where you should be working really hard to come up with new names. And 
in new names, but also what we're talking about, like changing the aesthetic of it, I think goes a long way towards that too. Um, and instead of introducing new classes, cause that's, that's another thing I see a lot of people ask about is introduce more classes, more classes, more classes. And I don't really know that more classes is the answer. Uh, we have our hero classes. We have our, and, and I will include monk in there. We have our monk. We have our, our death knight. We have our demon hunters. These were additional ones that were introduced later on uh, throughout the course of the game that, you know, made a difference. But what else can you add? You have 12 classes. There's a lot of, of dis- I shouldn't say distinction. Um, you have a lot that fall into a lot of different roles that all serve the same purpose. How many classes can heal? How many classes can tank? How many classes deal damage? You have that sort of holy trinity. So maybe instead of adding a different class, you change the aesthetic and feel of the class. Same core abilities, like, but what we were talking about earlier, like Matt said, maybe instead of throwing a shield, you throw a glaive because, you know, you're now a spellbreaker. Uh, maybe uh, instead of hitting things with a giant uh, hammer, you're hitting them with a giant totem because that's a thing that can that can be aesthetically pleasing. You chase sort of the idea and root of the character class in a different way by doing that. And I think that makes a bigger difference. Like, instead of having a storm caller, you change elemental to look more like that storm calling uh, person, right? It, it, there's ways that I think they could do it. I'm not saying that it's easy, and, and I want to make that perfectly clear. I know that anything that undertake this would be a massive overhaul, would be a massive uh, shift and change to classes as far as like just aesthetics go, even if nothing of the class abilities change, but just the way they look changes. That's a huge undertaking. I freely admit it. But if in a perfect world, we would get a revamp across everything of how everything looks, how everything is named and how we approach sort of those classes. Uh, like I believe it was on lore watch. We were talking about the fact that there is no barbarian class in wow. Why? Like we have, there's no berserkers. Trolls have berserkers. This is known. We, we fought against them. we we have fought against them multiple times. They're in Warcraft three, but there is no berserker class. It's a, it's a racial talent. Why? Like there's a lot of stuff you could bring to the forefront to give us that flavor of the, the world and those character classes that maybe doesn't feel as outdated as hangovers from when the game was named and, and crafted around a traditional MMO. Because it really, really was. And I think Matt, you. No, no, I, I push to talk. So when I'm going to talk, I talk. <laughs> you know, I was letting you talk. Um, so yeah, I think there's like, I, I one of the things I would love to see, and I, I do think we at this point we should probably start moving on to talking about them, some emails and questions you guys sent. But one of the things that I really do feel strongly about is that they didn't go far enough when they were doing the Legion thing, where they redesigned combat as outlaw. That was great. Combat mm-hmm, was a very. Mm-hmm. Cool name. And changing it to outlaw was great. Whether I mean, you, we can discuss whether or not outlaw rogues work for you. That's a different thing. I don't play a rogue very often, so I don't have a I don't have a pony in that fight. But I do think that it was good to make outlaw into something that actually felt like an archetype. Calling a combat rogue, I I stab things. So does every other rogue. How are you different? I fight things. So does every other rogue. I'm capable of stealth, but I'm not as good as the others. Dude, seriously, combat, what is that? I so, use really out- long weapons instead of daggers. Yeah, outlaw, at least, now you feel like it's a roguish archetype. You're like mm-hmm. the swash pirate. You're the dangerous desperado. You're somebody else. And I like that. I feel like, and that's the kind of thing I feel like protection warriors should be changed into something else. And, and like, because, you, oh, sorry, and I, really, I really dislike when 
two classes have a spec that is the same name as another spec. I feel like I really don't like it for anybody who's got like a, like there's two restoration specs that no change both of them. Neither of them should be restoration. Make the Druid one something else. Make the, the Shaman one something else. Uh, enhancement I would keep because at least nobody else is enhancement. Fair. But you're totally right. You're totally right that it is not. What do you mean enhancement? How do you, what do you like, you know, are you Rogaine? What are you? <laughs> I, I have, I have Winfury Totem again. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's cute. Go sit down. Your, your grandfather had more buttons than that. Uh, Just to- the concept of calling yourself an enhancement shaman seriously the word enhancement is not fantasy it sounds like a commercial do you need a does your raid need more welcome to the enhancement shaman only take the enhancement shaman is directed by your doctor uh you know it's just like no it's not a great name at least elemental at least talks about something you're doing yeah and you know I was going to say the one thing you brought up and I and I absolutely am on on board with and I know there's a person in chat who is going to probably try to kill me in raid tomorrow. I see you Molly, but I liked survival when they went whole hog into making it a melee spec. I thought it was very interesting and was actually really close to some of the original concept art and uh, some of the stuff that we saw from, like, the original screens and, and cinematics for Shander's Feathermoon, uh, who I have the original model for, st- like, on my wall, two feet away from me. Um, like, it, it's, I liked when they did that. Now, they walked it back a little bit. But to me, what's the difference between survival and marksman? They just shoot things. Like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I know every hunter is going to hate me for that. But I liked when there was a differentiation between it, and it felt stronger to me from a, a player concept. Like I really enjoyed that. Um, I, mean, I, I say this: I I stopped playing my shaman, my hunter, when they stopped with that. I was playing my hunter in Legion. I was leveling them up. I was super happy. Then they walked it back, and I was like, I'm no longer interested in playing this. And I get for a lot of like long term players, it wasn't what they wanted. So that that's what happens. But I I do feel like the biggest problem with survival wasn't that survival existed in so much as survival didn't really stack up to the other ones. If sure. You, you, you do more damage as Beast Mastery or you're going to do more damage as Marksman, then you're going to spec there. And that's always a problem. There's always going to be DPS discrepancies. Yeah. But if you look at look at what they're doing right now in WoW, they're, they're putting in a lot of buffs that a lot of people are saying this buff is actually meaningless. Uh, and one of the things I was, I was, I'll use Warriors as an example again because I know them better. <laughs> But a lot, I've seen a lot of people saying that 3% buff you're giving to Arms and Fury this, this week is meaningless because where Arms and Fury are down, they're down by 10 to 20%. So a 3% buff is, it's nice. No one's ever said, I don't want a buff, but it isn't actually going to change things like the composition of mythic groups or the composition of raid groups. It's, no one's going to take them over another class. They're just going to keep them where they are. That is the always the problem with anything like this. There's always going to be the mathematical sure. side of things. I don't think that that should keep them from from trying new and interesting things. Yeah, that's as smart. I, I will agree with that a hundred and ten percent. Like I'm fully on board with that. I think we should move on to try and do some emails and questions because we only have half an hour and we've got a few to try to get through. Yes, we do. Go for it, sir. So if you have a question for the show, first off, you can email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for the show. Or you can go to our Discord. We have two channels. Uh, one is just called Q Questions, but we use it for podcast questions as well. That's for anybody. You don't have to be a patron. 
However, if you are a patron, you can get preferential treatment by going to our patron Q and podcast channel. And that's because if you're a patron, that's one of the perks of, of giving us money is you get looked at first. Um, so if you want that, you know, give us a dollar a month, boom, you're in there. Uh, that's something to keep in mind. If you're just dying to get a question answered on this show and you're like, why won't they take my question? You know, feel free to throw it in there. You know, give you, pay, give us a dollar a month. We could use the help. Um, so yeah, at this point, Joe's going to read them for us. So if you don't mind, Joe, I am. And I'm just going to point it out that if you do have questions in chat at this point, now is the time to start putting them in there. Cause now I will be looking for, Oh, uh, but our first one greetings, raid, or raid meter, Rossi and totem placer Perez, uh, Skardashian orc warrior from grizzly Hills and Patreon supporter. Well, thank you. Skardashian, a uh, tinfoil hat kind of question for blizzard watch. I feel like many stories from RTS Warcraft three are being wrapped up. Is there any motivation for post Metzen blizzard to move past his creations from an eye point of view? Shadowlands is brand new and not even on Azeroth. Sure. Old characters are there, but this seems to finally be the end of the Arthas Sylvanas storyline. They own all that stuff. They don't have to move away from any of it if they don't want to. Um, but so I, I'm sure that they want to tell new stories. They want to keep people interested. Uh, so there's motivation on that front. You can only go back to the, you know, RTS well so many times. Yeah. And for that matter, they felt that way when they put out Warcraft three, because they invented a whole new continent. Nobody had ever heard of and put most of the game there. A whole new race uh, that really hadn't existed either because there was high elves, but like night elves didn't exist before that. Yeah. Story wise. Those guys were. They were they basically night elves are what happened when you kind of want to do dark elves, but you don't want to just bite off of the drow. Well, okay, so you don't want to get sued by TSR. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it was wizards at that point. Even still, yeah, but nonetheless, uh, to be and to be fair, that's actually one of those times people often accuse Blizzard of being completely uncreative and just borrowing from other companies. But the portrayal of night elves in World of Warcraft is wildly different and vastly superior to the way dark elves were in other games. I would agree. Um, for one thing, they're not just, you know, mindless villains. They have a matriarchal society that isn't pug repugnant about it. Um, just women were doing a lot of the work because men were sleeping. Um, and they realized, okay, that's not going to work for an MMO. So they just kind of kindly ignored it when they did the MMO. Mm -hmm. um, in general, I will say that their treatment of night elves is, is, really much better than what you were getting from other companies who were doing dark elf type elves at that time. But regardless, they own all that stuff. Everything Metzen did while he was creative director, he, they own it. They don't have to move away from it at all. They're, they're under no obligation to do so. And the only motivation to do so is if they think they have a cool story they can tell. Um, in general, I'd say they're perfectly willing to go back to the, the Metzen well as many times as, as they can come up with something for it. I mean, I've seen Thrall quite a bit this expansion. <laughs> yeah. Um, pretty sh and I, I recognize that voice. I'm pretty sure Chris Metzen came in and did some voice recording. No, it's a different voice actor, actually. Really? Yeah, it's it somebody entirely? entirely a different voice actor, from my understanding, who does a very good job at capturing Chris Metzen. You're looking it up, I know, but I'm a th I'm pretty certain that it is not Metzen doing doing voice work. He may have done one or two things early on, maybe as a favor, but it's a different voice. You can hear, you okay. can hear a slight difference. All right. I, I take your word for it. <laughs> um yeah but i mean not to not to sort of derail it or anything like that but i you are right into a certain point like they i yes, think it is both thrall and hakar the soul flare in this expansion okay so maybe he did something uh, the they well, up credit him. imdb is a i don't know we'll see um 
Oh, thank you. Uh, the the VA mentioned he's, that they're doing th- the the other person, the voice actor is doing Thrall until Metzen came back into the studio post pandemic. Thank you very much, Padilla. Um, yeah, I I think there is value in moving past these storylines, not because they don't need to keep going back to the well. They do definitely own all that, but it's sort of an evolution of sort of the game, right? The game's been around for. 16 years in MMO format at this point, we've experienced a lot of things as players, uh, a lot of things that we never thought we would experience. The stories have started to sort of, I don't want to say tidy up because there's still plenty of loose ends to pull on should they choose to, uh, but it's a good feeling that there's brand new stuff that can be created using what came before it as sort of building blocks and we talk a lot a lot about this on lore watch where like things we'd like to see in the future for like expansions and and things like that they've been very good about hiding the vast majority of azeroth whenever they try to show representations of it and they flat out tell you that the representations you see of the planet in titan facilities are not an actual representation of the planet uh, because they don't know what they're going to do in the future we could have entire new continents we could have entire new pantheons we could have uh entire new uh races and stories and conflicts just on the planet alone we don't even have to go to other uh, other planes of existence but we can also do that now too and shadowlands and i and i say this a lot it it sort of sets up a larger multiverse itself where there are other planes that we can touch and we know a little bit about it because of the chronicles where they talk about the the cosmology chart we might be able to go to those places now that might have different connotations. We might have to go punch a, uh, 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 why can't I think of their name now? Oh my goodness. I, my brain is just not functioning. Light people, uh, Naru. We might have to go punch a Naru. Who knows? We've done that before. Um, there could be more that they can do. What's that? Uh, Patrick Seitz is like, he makes music when you hit it. <laughs> but it's, it's good to see that they're willing to move past it and try to create new things. Not because I want to see them leave it behind, but because it means that they're still looking to in it. So I'm related to this, although it's it is fascinating, and I'm I'm interested in talking more about it at some point. I, while we were having that thing, and I was looking up Metzen and his his role in Shadowlands, uh, I went to Wikipedia, and one of the sources about Chris Metzen on Wikipedia is an article I wrote. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I find that hilarious. It's like, what? oh yeah. Yeah, I, I did mention that he tweeted that. I don't know why you needed could, could have just linked to his tweet, Wikipedia. Q to somebody at Wikipedia editing that to just link to his tweet. Uh, anyway, but yeah, um, I definitely feel like there's there's a difference between moving past the storylines of the old of the older games and moving past the older games themselves. Those older games are always going to be part of Warcraft. It's actually one of the reasons that I've never felt I never felt the need to preserve the Horde Alliance conflict that some people talk about. This is the heart of the game. This is like the, they, they moved past it in Warcraft three. That was the message of Warcraft three, that this was a new world now. And that conflict, it wasn't important anymore. We stood together against the burning Legion, blah, blah. That's why I was kind of disappointed when world of Warcraft came along and said, you know, four years have passed since we re- we realized demons are bad, but now we're going back to punching each other. And it was like, um, couldn't have let me have that. We we kind of ha- we we all remember that time we all got together and decided we didn't want to die because demons would kill us. No, no, no one remembers that. Okay, I feel like there's a difference, and I feel like it, you could move past the storylines of that period without abandoning all the stuff that was invented for them. Uh, and I think that 
the Metzen era is indelibly stamped on Warcraft. Yeah, I would There's, agree with that. You know, he's been involved since the first Warcraft game. He was very important in Warcraft 2 and the creative director of Warcraft 3 and World of Warcraft for years. I don't feel like his legacy doesn't need to be preserved. Because it is, it's again, we, we talked about this briefly on the show this weekend. We talked about like how if you're talking about music, rock music from the 60s, you don't have to defend the Beatles. There is no pur- purpose to defending the Beatles. The Beatles are the Beatles. They, their, their legacy is assured. I feel like Metzen's legacy is assured. There's, there's no way you are ever going to forget that this guy was involved in this franchise. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't see a reason. There's no, there's no need to, move, to run away from what he did. Uh, he, it's there. They can use it. They cannot use it. It's up to speaking, them. Speaking of, and this is a question from chat that I think fits in nicely with this. Uh, Bujum asks, uh, now that we have some idea of the afterlife, have either of us thought about the resurrection of Medivh and what may have been bargained for to secure his resurrection? Um, I know there's nothing in game, but it's an interesting concept. Egwin bartering with her queen for her son's return. Um, that is actually a really interesting question, and we haven't really covered that on, on Lore Watch or anything like that. But it's it's now that we actually see somewhat of the afterlife and we know beings like Vol'jin can come back and become more than what they were in some capacity, especially with the, the intertwining of uh, like Vol'jin with uh, Aloha's spirit uh, and becoming so much more. Does that mean that something similar happened with Medi? Uh, is We don't necessarily we don't know that it would be the Winter Queen. Right. Um, we Lots of other beings that can, you know, exactly. sidetrack. I, heck, I've gotten up from death a few times. I'm not going to say a lot because you know, that would imply I die a lot, and I don't. I don't die a lot. There's a whole lot. Of, there's a whole lot of ravens in Revendreth, as Quick Stop Nirvana points out. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think that they could maybe do something more with that? Especially because when we last saw him was in Legion, really, with talking with with Cadgar, really. And that was his his spirit or essence, or I don't know if they ever really said what it was. I mean, you know, we saw him in Warcraft three, and there was absolutely no explanation of how he got there. He was just what, there. Yeah, he was just there. And we know that in like the I think it was I forget what the novel was where they talk about it that you know Aegwin made some kind of deal, did something uh, to get him back. We mm-hmm. don't know what. We don't know who. Um, it could quite possibly have been anybody. Aegwin spent a lot of time in Northrend. She might have made a deal with Helia. We don't know. We have no idea uh, who she who she worked with. It doesn't have to be the Winter Queen. I mean, it could be, but it doesn't have to be. The Winter Queen does, doesn't seem particularly interested in helping mortals get back either. She Not mortals, like, yeah. She could have made a deal with a Kyrian. She could have made a deal with, you know, maybe Odin did it. I don't know. Uh, but definitely somebody did something. And that would be interesting to see that get touched on. But I, I don't want, at the same time, I don't want World of Warcraft to constantly get turned into a greatest hits thing or, you know, Let's like let's think about Medivh instead of like you know let's let's think about our characters and what our characters are doing and the stuff our characters are facing. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I was kind of relieved when Cadgar shipped himself off to to Karazhan and we haven't seen him in a couple expansions now. That's that's fine by me. I like Cadgar, but I don't want him to dominate the game. And he was rapidly between Battle for Azeroth and Legion, he was rapidly becoming everywhere mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to clear the decks from time to time and have new people step up and be the, the people your character is seeing because it, it, I don't want to risk them. You know, I don't, after this expansion, I'm, I'd be okay if Thrall and Anduin and Jane, I took a break. Yeah. Not because I don't like them, not because I don't want to see them around. They earned just it. I, I'd like to see some other characters now. Yeah. I want the focus to be on my character and what my character is doing. So 
at the same time that I think there is an interesting story to be told in terms of where Medivh, how Medivh came back and what exactly, you know, were the circumstances of it. I, I don't want that to be the dominant story, if that makes sense. But yeah. it, it could be something they'd answer in this expansion, and I'd be perfectly happy. Maybe, you know, he snuck his way through the drust. I don't know. There's a, I mean, I just thought it would be cool. Like, it would be a nice little touch point because we talk about Shadowlands giving us so many other um, bits of information on how things happen. Seeing something about maybe what Eggwin made a deal with or, or whatever, it would just be cool. They don't necessarily have to focus on it, but I wouldn't mind. Um, our next question comes from Riptides. Let's pretend you had the opportunity to shuffle up the races in the, the factions completely and assume their ideology doesn't matter. Thinking big Endian versus little Endian here for discussion's sake. Which races would you put in faction A versus faction B and why? For example, I think having gnomes and goblins together in one faction would result in some interesting and comical storylines and inventions. Uh, feel free to rephrase this in simpler terms. Basically, how would you mix it up with the races, or would you even? First of all, do they have to be the Alliance and the Horde? See, that matters. Yeah, and I, I think for this, the sake of this exercise and, and Riptides, I'm going to take some liberty here. No, I'm going to say we don't have to stick with the two-group dynamic. Well, in that case, uh, one of the things I would actually really like to see uh, is to go back to the way Warcraft 3 handled it and have factions that aren't necessarily hostile to each other, but which are united around a theme or element. Mm-hmm. And you could do this a couple of different ways. One way to do it would just to be like, for an example, imagine if all the elves banded together and had yeah. to deal with the antagonism they feel towards each other while also dealing with a hostile world that they kind of have to, like, could Toronto work with, with uh, oh, bloody heck, I can't, Thalysra now. After the you know both groups had like had their split, after Thalysra went and joined the horde, after the, the you know Teldrassil got burned, could Thalysra and and Toronto work together? What about um, you know the Blood Elves and the Night Elves? What about the Blood Elves and the Void Elves? Now that you know the, the Blood Elves are like no, those guys almost destroyed Silvermoon, like, but at the same time now they're in a group together. Could they work together? Uh, you mentioned the the gnomes and goblins. That's an interesting one to, to think about. One I'd love to see, and I'd wanted to see it forever, is humans and orcs. Yeah, working together. Not because I think there is the two groups are are natural rivals. Where and it's been one of the things that they've said forever is that you know we want Warcraft to be you know humans versus orcs, orcs versus humans. What if you have that from the perspective? One of the times Klingons only became interesting in Star Trek when we we got a Klingon on on this ship. Like you know they were there before. But it wasn't until the next generation that you started to care about Klingons. You started to think they were interesting. And that was because Worf was there as a Klingon on the ship. So his culture, his people, like he was proud of being Klingon. Even though he was raised by humans, he was proud of his his heritage. He was proud of being a Klingon. And that meant you couldn't just dismiss him as villains anymore. You it want changed, to make it changed the dynamic. Yeah. And you we want orcs to be more than just monsters to be hated and feared. And I think that's the whole thing about that makes Warcraft interesting especially World of Warcraft, is the, the Warcraft 3 change where orcs and tauren and trolls are people. And you ultimately, the best way to do that would to actually have them be working together. Maybe not in a permanent situation, but imagine if, uh, again, going back to Star Trek, it feels like Adam's here. Is Adam here? Like, is he have, like, is he, like, a- Adam's mind control to me? Adam's always here in spirit. But it seriously, like, the Dominion War, when you had suddenly the Klingons and the Federation and even the Romulans working together... That's fascinating. Can you imagine having like orcs and humans and, you know, 
let's I'm trying to think of somebody else who'd who'd be good to put in here, but like dwarves and trolls all working together on something and like, you know, barely restrained, like, you know, they keep staring daggers at each other and like there's lots of sinister back and forth stuff and behind the scenes manipulations. But at the end of the day they have to work together for common cause and really do it. That's one of the things we've had that in WoW a lot where supposedly the Horde and Alliance were working together, but they don't show it. Yeah, it's always it's always separate pieces that are incidentally at the same place at the same time. Very seldom is it anything that shows like a cohesive uh planning or strategy front. Like we haven't we never had like a council meeting between the two factions where they sat down and uh, planned everything out. Imagine Uh, this. Just as something I've thought about for a long time, but imagine this. Think about the end of of Battle for Azeroth where you you go to the outside of Orgrimmar area. Whether you're Horde or Alliance, you go there, you talk to Sarfang, you talk to various other people, and you, you work to like set things up. Imagine if at the end there'd been like an encounter and you queue up for it like a scenario and a bunch of people get into it and there's horde and alliance together in it. Like there's an orc fighter, there's an orc warrior in there with your, you know, Draenei shaman and you're both on the same side. Instead of having the separate battles, the battle for Dazar lore or whatever, where you like, you cut disguised. Imagine if you actually did a raid where you were in groups with people from the other faction. Like if your LFR actually had people from the other faction in. That's the kind of thing WoW has never done. And that's the kind of thing I think would be really good to help showcase that, you know, yes, we don't like these people, but they're still people. I I think and, Oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I was I'm done. I was gonna say the other thing that I, I would love to see them explore maybe a little bit more um is this idea of maybe not all of these races are cool with what their factions are doing anymore. Like you mentioned the elves pulling away. Yeah, absolutely. Like That's I, what made me think of that was the, the idea. Yeah. That, you know, night elves could be like, you know, both the night elves and the blood elves could be like, I'm not down with this anymore. Let's, let's do another side of that. Torin. like for the, for the, what they are as a people, aside from the grim totem, they're not really like diehard gun ho. Yeah. We're going to fight everything. Uh, they didn't even have a permanent home until the start of this game. <laughs> like they were nomads, and you know, and that's the other thing too. Like the Volpera joining the Horde out of a sense of obligation, which feels weird because the Alliance also helped the Volpera, but that's a whole other thing. Why would they stick around if maybe they're not down with it? And th- that's one of the things. Like when you're doing your whole intro quest with them to the horde, it's like, yeah, I don't really get what's going on here. And I'd really don't have a pony in this race, but they seem really upset. So I'm going to go help them and, and figure out and try to make peace. They're not sort of into that. Why not? I could see like them pulling away. Um, I could see uh, maybe before everything happened with Teldrassil, um, because post Teldrassil is a whole different animal, but, but pre Teldrassil burning, like I could have seen the night elves and the Torin and, you know, even the Volpera, like pulling away from like these factions and be like, this isn't what we're about. Um, Here's the thing though about that. That's one of the things that I, to, to, to branch off of this, one of the things I'd actually love to see, there's a moment where Thrall in the, in the book, uh, Shadows Rising, where Thrall says something to, I think it might be at the very end where he's trying, he said, he basically like they let Taronda visit the uh, captured former night elf. Uh, it's not Summer Moon, but I Dalaran. forget what it is. No, it's the... Uh, oh, um, why can't I think of her name? Because you said Delarin, and that's all we can think about. Yeah, big, big angry, uh, big angry, large undead elf lady. Yeah, 
she's uh, the one that it's very obvious that her her defection, although her defection is caused by death, it, it definitely hurts Maev. Maev is visibly shaken by it. As is, you know, she she's the one that is leading the horde forces. If you're doing Sierra Moon Warden, thank Sierra you, Moonwarden. thank you, thank you, thank you, chat. When when that happens, Thrall makes a point like, you know, this is this is just the start of our attempting to repay what happened. Imagine orcs and elves working to do that. Imagine if you actually had a storyline where at the end of it, the orcs had actually tried to do something to make up for it. And mm -hmm. admit, there's no way we can ever truly repay you for what has happened. We can't fix it. But we are sorry. Here is our sorrow. Here is our lament. We should not have allowed ourselves to be used this way. We should not have done this. And the elves are like, we'll never really forgive it. But we have to move past it. We have to make the world better. So we're going to let it go. As much as it's it's unforgivable, so we won't forgive you. But we will not be letting that. We won't, we won't impale ourselves on this tree. We're not going to be living in a burning tree for the rest of our lives. We're going to move forward. Imagine the storyline you could do with that. And with both sides get to be people. I, and you could do it by letting orcs and elves be in a faction together. Imagine that. And I you could, love that do, idea. And you can do that with a lot of stuff. World of Warcraft could, could incorporate these stories. It's just that it is kind of mired. And, and I get why. And I understand the wanting to hold on to the, 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 the familiar... And and the time tested. I mean, this thing, this game's had factions this whole time, but I really do feel like the end of Warcraft Three, where where night elves and orcs managed to work together despite the night elves being mad that the orcs had killed Cenarius, they managed to work together against the Legion, and they were working together. They were both fighting together on that mountain. Yeah, you I know, feel like at some point there there could be a movement forward past where we are now. And and I think that's one of the reasons why I really love the idea or the concept behind uh, the order halls when Legion was a thing, at least the way they were originally uh, presented, because that was what they were supposed to represent is is those factions having to work together with inside the structure of this these organizations. It's why I actually really like the idea. Uh, and concept of the covenants because they represent something that is uh, larger than those individual factions and larger than any race conflicts. I always like the idea of sort of like, I mean, almost get, getting rid of factions as, as they are now, like completely blow them up and have different groups that all of the races could join. And that's your decision as a character where, you know, maybe you're a night elf that is good with like whatever the traditional alliance is. And so you do that. Maybe you're a night elf that wants to be more neutral and does something else with uh, a third faction or, or that's more aligned with those beliefs. I kind of like that idea. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I know it's probably impossible to balance as far as uh, traditional structure and MMO goes, but like having something that that actually represents individuals in their goals more than just this is one faction, this is another faction would be where I would go if I was able to shake it up completely. I hope that this in some way answered your question. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it probably didn't, but I mean that's that's why y'all come here, right? <laughs> um I think we have time for one more because uh, we did run a little bit long on the pre-show. Uh so the next one comes from uh Nora Valisa. Uh hopefully I pronounced that correctly. If not I'm sorry. 
uh, Blood Elf, Venthyr Paladin, aka Verdigree. Ver, why did you just say your name? What? Come on, Verdigree, throwing me off like that, shaking my fist at you. Uh, I kind of feel like I should address questions from the character I was playing when I thought of it. Question mark. Why is there an option? Uh, why is there an option this expansion to click on at war? with the Avowed, the Accuser subfaction, and Revendreth. From what I can tell, the last time that was an option uh, was the Forest Hosen and Mists of Pandaria. I mean, I've heard about the Seesaw reputation with the Blood Sail and the Steam Weedle, oh man, uh, for the Admiral title, but what's up with this? Uh, yours, Nora Valisa, a.k.a. Verdi. I don't know, I didn't actually notice that. I, did you notice that? That's that is that is interesting. Why? I mean, I mean, one assumes that there is there some kind of reputation to be gained from killing them. I don't know. It's almost like somebody needs to test this out. <laughs> uh, but that's that's. I don't know if that's just a mechanical oversight or if that's something that all the factions still have, where you can choose at war with all of the factions. But that is fascinating because that is directly counter to the story for the faction. I don't know, huh? I don't know. I I, I kind of wonder. I hope it's just a mechanical oversight because I don't know what that would what that would serve. I hope it comes in a later patch. Like it's part of it. You know, we're eventually going to get some kind of Maldraxxus raid, so maybe that's going to be it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I keep saying that, but like I'm I'm stuck on this now. I'm gonna actually go look after we're done stream is like streaming and recording because I'm curious. I might actually push the button because I I don't know which faction I'll push it with, but I might push the button just to see what. Happens. I might have to science. Oh, that was a little bit quicker than I expected. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I think we have time for one more. Uh, this one seems like a, a little bit of a short one. Uh, but this one comes from Suckle Kitten. Uh, Hoddle Yodel. Uh, I have the answer to the Shadowlands anima problem. Back a lorry up to the Throne of Thunder, fill some buckets from the Willy Wonka anima factory river in that red room, drive back and unload. Uh, a couple of trips and the problem is solved. Sadly, um, Steve Denuser was on record saying it's not the same thing. Correct. That was the first thing I said. Hey, wait a minute. No, nope, <laughs> not the same thing. Uh, it is an interesting thought, but yeah, unfortunately, Steve saw that one coming and headed that one off at the pass. I'm shaking my fist at you, Steve. I see you. <laughs> Although I do find myself wondering if the reason it's not the same thing is that it is the anima of a Titan, and Titans don't actually go to the Shadowlands when they die, so their essence doesn't go there. Like, it's the possible the difference between AC and DC, perhaps, like, for current. And it would make a certain amount of sense when you start to consider, like, the Well of Eternity and, and everything that revolved around that, right, too. Because, like, that is essentially what is happening there with that magical energy. It's kind of what's happening with... Uh, uh, you know, it might, even be that it's, yeah, it might even be that it's too... It needs to be filtered through a mortal being. For instance, when a Night Elf dies, they can go to the Shadowlands, but... Night Elves were affected by the Will of Eternity and changed into their current form. So it's possible that in order for the essence of a Titan to get to the Shadowlands, it has to be filtered through all the beings that are influenced by and grow on Titans, mm -hmm. which is us. That would be really interesting and why it's consumed it's, in such small drips and drabs technically at that point, too. It's kind of it's cabalistic in a way because the whole concept of the entity breaking up into small and smaller fragments of itself. Yeah. I don't know. That's, uh, man, I want to, we might have to explore that a little bit more in the future. That might be a lore watch thing we have. Uh, but I think, but I think yeah, at this point we're done. Yep. Uh, but Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience. 
Thank you very much, Joe. Again, guys, uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, thank you guys for being here. If you have an email for the show or you'd like to ask us a question, you can either go to our Discord channel. Uh, we have the, P- the Patreon Q and Podcast channel and the Q Questions channel. You can hit us up there. Or you can email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com the subject line podcast or blizzard watch for this for this show well, i will point out that there was one email that asked questions for both lore watch and blizzard watch i cut the lore watch question out and left it there so it's still in the email so joe can have it for this week if he wants to use because i'm very nice <laughs> a very nice person and we should all remember that when i do something awful later uh but yeah this has been the blizzard watch podcast uh on behalf of myself and joe thank you guys so much for being here and we'll see you next week hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home go to prettylitter.com and use code acast for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details